1: ladies
2: and gentlemen live from the west coast it's time for ring talk live world one your inside look into combat sports brought to you by the
0: wbo the World Boxing Organization. Pedro, let me let me tell congratulations on your long time in radio. You are a team, and for your ratings, man, I was reading about that. I'm very uh, impressed with you, Pedro.
2: And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and internet history.
3: I don't want to, to predict this fight, but, you know, I'm going to promise that I, I can give a good fight, you know, so, to make people happy, and uh, I, I just do my best.
1: Pedro Fernandez. If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another, but I'm going to get the job done.
3: Thomas C. Caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, live, emanating from the Sports Byline Studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California, check it. this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Often imitated, but never duplicated, celebrating 37 years of radio in the middle of this month. That's right. The middle of September 2020 will mark... 37 years of radio presence for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. So, if if you've been around for me for that long, some of you have. I kid you not. If you've been around that long, well, you know what's happening. If you're new to the family, welcome to the show. Of course, this is the longest-running fight show in history. My name is Pedro Fernandez. I'm an award-winning writer, former four-time Golden Glove champion back in the days when the Golden Gloves meant something. Yeah, back in the days. Anyway, we started a little show on my age here. We got boxing tonight, obviously, on television, both on Fox TV and, of course, ESPN. And I gotta tell you, I'm excited excited about the fact that um boxing's coming back and fights are being made. That's right, Bob Armo I mean- Promoter extraordinary, What's he, 87 years old 88 years old Of course The marijuana king down there From Las Vegas Nevada, The king of cannabis himself Mr. Bob Aram Former U.S. attorney With the Kennedy administration Back in 1960 He was the United States attorney With President John F. Kennedy His boss was Robert F. Kennedy I kid you not Anyway, Arum Promoter of the year No doubt about that He hasn't been a great year But he's putting on fights He's got, of course Timo and Lomo Going the 17th But he's also got Some other fights Going on uh, the 31st Halloween, of course Nallinoy Inoy pound for pound maybe one of the best fighters in the world definitely one of the best is he the best per se who knows anyway taking on Jason Maloney 21 and 1 this fight's gonna rock of course it'll be on ESPN that'll be from the MGM bubble on Halloween night straight up you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide we're talking boxing and MMA guess what the guy that fought both Mike Tyson George Foreman and Dave Jake will be here at 20 minutes past the hour you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide
2: Everybody plays the fool sometimes There's no exception to the rule And now a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go.
4: So, traffic has been crazy lately, right? And rush hour? Forget it. Nobody wants to let you merge onto the highway. (laughs) But, hey, somebody let you merge or you wouldn't be there, so... (laughs) Drivers who switch to Progressive can save big!
0: Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers
2: money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: That's
4: 877-360-0402. Tune in to Salesport Talk on Sports Byline with Karen Lyle and Rick Tittle. Tuesdays at 9.37 a.m. and at 3.37 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, coming to you at your time zones all over the globe. This was brought to you by All Bay Collision, over 60 years of experience in auto restoration and body repair for SUV, buses, and more. In the San Francisco Bay Area and Tri-City area, call 510-489-1313. That's 510-489-1313. And tell them Salesport Talk sent you.
3: Here comes the decision now. Let's listen. Clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right. The World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent, sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. This WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
1: I'm getting tired of people running for me in the ring. Mike Tyson, uh, Holyfield, you a bunch of
3: bums. Stand up and be a man and fight a real fighter. I think that was 1989. I was interviewing George Foreman in uh, Galveston, Texas for. FAN, FAN Sports, I think it was in. Bottom line is, George was rocking and rolling, of course, on his way to a shot at the Heavyweight Championship. He would get that against Vander Holyfield and lose a 12-round decision. Of course, come back later and knock out Michael Moore to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, I bring up Foreman and I bring up Tyson because we'll bring in David Jaco later. That's right, Dave Jacob. Of course, Dave fought them both. So, the internet question this week, and I saw it all, of, all over the place, different, different internet websites. Who hit harder? Uh, Mike Tyson or or George Foreman. I guess we're going to find out when Jay Jaco checks in at about 15, I think about 22 minutes past the hour. Check it. Fights tonight, of course, rock and roll in the W.B. 130 pound crown on the line. James Herring, 21 and two, with 10 KOs, been stopped once. Taking on Jonathan Oquendo of Puerto Rico, 31 and six, 19 stops. They both have a guy in common, Lamont Roach. Of course, that's who Herring beat in his last fight, and that's who Oquendo lost two fights, lost a decision to two fights back. Jordi Urges, one of the Cuban exiles, 25 and four, 12 KOs, taking on Abel Ramos, 26 and three, a couple of draws in 20 KOs. Of course, those guys are going to do their thing tonight on Fox TV. Listen, ESPN, people don't have the app. Some people say, I don't have the app, I don't have the app. You got to get the ESPN. I'm not a big fan of apps or anything that kind of good stuff, but the ESPN app is a fair price. I think for $9.99 a month now, if you buy it, I think the, the, the Zone thing's been charging me 20 bucks a month or, at night, or 10 bucks a month, and they haven't given me a live fight in a long time or a live fight worthy, of course, until last week when Dillian White Got knocked out. take that back to a fortnight ago when Dillian White got knocked out. I got knocked out cold. Of course, Dillian White got knocked out cold by Alexander Povetkin. It was like the knockout of the year thus far. I mean, he was cruising along. He dropped Povetkin a couple times in the round prior. And then before you know it, Povetkin bobbed to the left, stuck an uppercut right up between... Uh, Dillian White's gloves and caught him right on the chin. He never saw the punch coming. He was out. He could have put him in a casket on the way down. That's how dead he was. I kid you not. Of course, he's calling afterwards. It was a. Fl- it's not a fluke when you hit somebody that. It's not a fluke. There's no such thing as a lucky punch. If a punch connects, it's not. If you threw it and it connects. That's not a lucky punch. Anyway, lots of fights on television, I no doubt about that. Check it out, ESPN and Foxy. Of course, the uh, world of the UFC is rocketing and rolling as well. I'm mm, can I say? Of course, Overeem, Alistair Overeem. Uh, I call him override, Overeem. Of course, that was a guy that ran out in the press conference a few years ago when they told him, Hey, guess what? We want to take a steroid test, a random steroid test. He said, ah, and he ran out. Then he drove around Las Vegas for about two, three hours in his car, sweat up a little bit, came back, took the test, and failed. No surprise there. Bottom line is there is 517 pounds uh, in the octagon tonight when these guys hook it up in the main event. I'm talking about Walt Harris and Alistair Overeem tonight. Of course, USC Fight Night 176 coming to you from Las Vegas. And, of course, they've got their little apex center there. And Bob Arum's got the bubble going at the MGM Grand. So, I mean, they are... They are improvising during this uh, coronavirus season or whatever you want to call it, epidemic. And we don't think it's going to be over anytime soon. So this is going to be the future of boxing as far as non-crowds are concerned. Somebody said to me that they were talking about doing a crowd. They wanted to do a fight, a promoter I know, wanted to do a fight in Russia because he didn't think there would be any fight restrictions on the crowds there. And I said to him, why would you want to throw a fight money? Money. That's what it all boiled down to, money. I mean, he was willing to pack a bunch of people into an arena to make money. Couldn't do it here in the United States, so he was thinking about doing it abroad. I kid you not. And he was thinking about Russia. So I guess Russia the key to, uh, they don't believe it. they they got a big coronavirus thing going over there. Listen, until we got this thing in control and we don't have it under control, we're losing like a 1,000 people a day. It's going to go up to a couple of, three to four, as I predicted about six months ago. But it's do the math. And until it's over, we're not going to have live fights as far as live fights are concerned. We're not going to have people in movie theaters. Uh, we're not going to have people in watching plays, that kind of good stuff. And as far as you hear about this, this virus is concerned, I talk with an epidemi. One of those, you know, blood specialists this week who I happen to know. And she told me that if you even had a virus ready by November 1st, it would take a year and a half to get it ready after that. So we're probably looking at somewhere in 2022 instead of 2020. I don't know why we getting, keep getting that bad news from the White House uh, or false news or fake news from the White House. But that sort of seems to be the way it goes. You are tuning to Rink Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing MMA. Vladimir Hernandez. <clears throat> Upset guy. Upset Alfredo Angulo last week, of course. Angulo was supposed to challenge... Caleb Plant for the WBA 168-pound crown, I believe. And, of course, uh, Plant didn't make the fight as far as COVID-19, something like that. Anyway, there was some controversy involved, and he didn't make it. Uh, and Gulu ends up losing a decision to a guy that was like 12-4 and 4 in a last-minute put-together fight. Straight up, the last week's fights, of course, we had Arisande Lara, another Cuban national, winning a 12-round decision over Greg Vendetti. <clears throat> Can't get too impressed with Lara except he wins rounds. I mean, he wins rounds, he wins rounds, he wins rounds, but... <clears throat> Not the kind of guy you want to see again. And speaking of not wanting to see a guy again, man, I was so high on Juan Carlos Ramirez. What happened? He ran into Victor Postal. Now, Postal didn't fight that I thought fight didn't fight. Didn't fight the fight that I thought he could have fought to win. Because I think in order to win, you've got to go out there and get somebody's respect. You've got to get their respect. And he never, never really got Ramirez's respect regarding punching power as concerned. And if you say, well, Postel can't punch, guess what? You step in and you hit the guy somewhere. In his torso hard to where he knows you can hit a little bit to make him a little bit wary. You don't want him walking in on you like Ramirez was trying to walk down Victor Postel. <clears throat> at the end of the night, I think one judge had it even, but uh, Ramirez won a close decision there. And He is not the 140-pound rage I thought he was. He's talking about like wanting to move to 147. He's trying to say that you know, he hadn't fought in over a year. Yeah, yeah, ring rush, ring rush, ring rush. Bottom line was at the end of the night, you did not deliver when it comes to, when it comes to entertainment. You've got to entertain these. I mean, what are these guys thinking when they go 12 rounds? When they go 12 pedestrian rounds? When Sean Porter, Sean Porter, a uh, fortnight ago, he went 12 rounds and he was proud of it. Went 12 rounds against a Mark, a stone cold Mark. What I mean by Mark is a guy that. I'm not saying the German wasn't world class. He, I'm not saying he wasn't world class. I'm just saying he wasn't at a level to where he should be fighting in the main event on television. I mean, he was like green as guacamole. They have guacamole over there in Germany. Anyway, he was green as guacamole, no doubt about that. And Sean Porter went 12 rounds. What did Sean Porter do with that 12 rounds? He didn't impress me. And you don't, he wants to be involved himself in pay-per-view fights in the future because that's where the, the uh, boxing world seems to be going because there will be no live crowds. So you've got to have some pay-per-view fights together. You can't put together a pay-per-view fight coming off that 12-round decision over the German guy. You just can't do it. You can't, And these guys don't think. They don't think. They don't think marketing. I mean, I don't know what's going on in their minds. But, <clears throat> I mean, if you've got a big, big fight on the horizon, you need to shine. Guys don't shine. They never understood it. This is like the guys fighting for the heavyweight champions of the world. How about Buster Douglas? Gaining like almost 100 pounds after the, uh, the win over Mike Tyson. What's up with that? Tony Tubbs? Forget the name. He gained all kinds of weight before the Mike Tyson fight. What's up with that? Everybody. I mean, it's just the lack of... I guess we'll hear that from Dave Jacob in just a couple of minutes. Of course, I'm talking about guys fighting Mike Tyson because I'm sure Dave went into the fight in shape, but other guys went into the fights against Mike Tyson and George Foreman, this and that, ready to uh, get beat up like lambs being led to slaughter. They weren't ready to fight. They weren't in shape. And, and you yeah, I mean, look at it. Buster Douglas, that fight against Holyfield. Good Lord, I told you I caught him hanging out in the sauna the night before the fight. Take it back. The night before the weigh-in, he was hanging out in the sauna. Losing weight, eating California pizzas at the Mirage Hotel. I told you I got that scoop, right? The little guy from the hotel told me, hey, Pedro, guess what's going on in the sauna? What? Well, we just delivered five pizzas to the sauna. And I'm thinking, so what? You delivered five pizzas? Well, we just delivered them and Buster Douglas signed for them. I said, what? But yeah, Buster Douglas signed for them. I said, you got to be kidding me. No, so anyway, so I finagled my way into the Mirage uh, sauna, and there was Buster and his Bebo. They left. They fled when they saw me. But there was five pizza boxes left behind. Of course, he would go into the fight with Evander Holyfield, grossly overweight, and get knocked out in the third round. It was a terrible, terrible display. Uh, of, uh, of a performance by a so-called world heavyweight champion. So, Bussy Douglas, that was his dog day coming off the wing over Mike Tyson. Straight up, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Back with the guy that fought both Mike Tyson and George Foreman, David Jaco. Right after the break on Sports Byline. Just
1: what do you think of him as a fighter, huh? Well, his footwork's lousy. He can't counter punch.
2: His timing stinks, and he doesn't breathe properly. But you like him as a person. Well, he has a nice
4: smile. In you walk- Keep it in his bones, you got the right stuff, baby
1: That's
4: 855-325-1780.
1: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
4: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
1: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options.
4: I just want to tell him it's not your fault.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
3: I'm just ready to get it on and crush this guy's skull.
2: I wanted to do the right thing.
3: Yeah. What do you think when somebody says they want to rip your skull off and they're Mike Tyson? Huh? $64,000 question? Another question? How about who hits harder, Mike Tyson or George Foreman? Well, my next guess can answer that question. Actually, I can answer both questions. Talk about Mr. David Jacob. Jacob and Dave, how's life treating you, man? Treating me good, Pedro. Tell me about this book. You didn't tell me you were an author. You didn't tell me you had a book the last yeah, time.
0: Yeah, well, it's just a little great read a little short book called Spontaneous Palooka and Mr. Mom. Story of a man. Put himself out there for his family to get custody of his kids and get away from her troubled mother, but, uh, Awesome! It turned out good, you know. Peter, you know as well as I do. I never made the million dollar painter. I'm like everybody else. I work for a living, but I had a great time, and I accomplished what I wanted to do. Get to mm-hmm. see my sons, and are both doing good in life. Both at their own gyms. Mm-hmm. Don and Sarah are doing great. Not, and not- I got four. I got four beautiful daughters from my second marriage. Twenty-one to twenty-seven. And my baby, two weeks old, got called by Florida A&M up in Tallahassee. She's up there playing volleyball for him on a full scholarship.
3: Okay, okay. Mark Tyson's fighting again. You interested in coming back to fight Mike Tyson, maybe?
0: Yeah, I'd love to fight him, man. I can take him now, Pedro.
3: You can t- why, why would you say you can take him now? What's the difference between now and well, 1986?
0: Well, because he's flown, I'm so fat. All I need to do, give, me, give me two months, at least eight to ten weeks to train for him. I, get, I My boxer skills are better than his. Ooh, ooh. Boom, so, boom. I,
3: I, I, all right. You know, I watched him come up through the amateurs. In fact, I'll never forget the time we were sitting in a hot tub in, at the Olympic Training Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, and Michael Nunn called him out. I mean, he called Michael Nunn. He said something like, your mama this. And Michael Nunn walked across the hot tub and told him to get up and use all kinds of N-words and F-words and that kind of good wow. stuff and Mike just backed off. I mean, here was Michael Nunn, like 45 pounds lighter. So I said to myself, well, maybe Mike isn't the tiger that he really is. You know what I'm saying, of course? And then some, once somebody sort of hit him in the face um, a couple times hard, like Buster Douglas, things sort of changed, huh?
0: It changed a lot. I mean, <laughs> they know not give out, can come back to you sometimes, and one of the time was right, Buster was ready for that fight with Tyson. He had trained pretty good. and uh, It was his day, not Tyson. That's the bottom line. Okay. i
3: got to ask you a question about Buster Douglas because I was hanging with him. I mean, I went and uh, I interviewed him before the fight. People say to me, well, you guys got a 41 underdog. What are you doing? I go, he's fighting for the World Heavyweight Championship. He deserves some respect. So anyway, I interviewed him before the fight, interviewed him after the fight, went back to Columbus, Ohio, did a magazine spread for him, I think for a high school magazine or something like that. Anyway... The guy gained like I mean, we had like five yeah, meals. Uh, bro, bro, Dave, we had breakfast breakfast at, at nine o'clock. We had lunch at eleven thirty, well like a, like snacks at eleven thirty. We had ribs and barbecue like about 1.30. and then we ate at four thirty, and then we ate again at eight thirty before he went home. I kid that was a day with Buster Douglas like six <laughs> I kid you not. It was like six meals and I'm like hundred and forty five pounds at the time. I'm saying to myself, What's wrong with this picture? He's a heavyweight well, champion of the world. He's eating himself out of a championship.
0: Well, uh, bottom line, he did do a good performance with the holly field. As that it. He tight like he did. But maybe he lost a little bit out of the tiger. You know, when you're up for, what, $10 million a fight, and you know you're going to be set for the rest of your life, it kind of affects some people in the mind. And apparently he lost side of the tiger. As he beat tight. He just. Didn't really care. Just wanted to go in and take the money and run it, look like, didn't it?
3: Yeah, I think it did. You know, speaking of money and fighters, uh, Roberto Duran's ex-manager, Hector Martinez, tells me that the money it was the money that 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 got Duran in bad spots, of course, taking eight million dollars for that rematch against Sugar Ray Leonard in six weeks. he had 42 days to lose like almost 50 pounds. You know what I'm saying and, and they wow. knew and they knew he couldn't do it and be healthy and' be strong, but that was Leonard's edge going in
0: That's a lot of weight to lose that quick. We all know you can't lose that kind of weight. But Roberto it takes his toe on you, man.
3: Yeah, it takes his toe. Roberto would have cut off his leg to do that. So you know, I I, I knew George Foreman before the um, before the Olympics. I mean, I, I saw him in the gym, and then. You know, I saw him afterwards, and we sort of, you know, sort of were San Francisco type of people out of Newman's Gym and things like that. And at first, he was a bully. He was the roughest dude in the world. He used to beat up on guys like me, 160 pounds, and pound on guys in the gym in, like, 15-foot square rings at 160 pounds. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Dave, uh, but... He one day, he went. you know, when he lifted Joe Frazier off the ground, he used to lift guys off the ground all the time. He couldn't get sparring partners.
0: I can't believe it, man. George, George, yeah.
3: George was a brute back in those days. And he was. He knows
0: all. He knows all the tricks too.
3: Tell me about. Tell me about fighting. How do you prepare to fight George Foreman? What, you, what well, you? I, mean- I,
0: I die all. Plan my whole strategy was. Make uh, sure not stand in front of him because George does it hard. So I plan to stick him and move, and more or less, just lightly stay away for a few rounds. See what kind of condition he was in, but unfortunately. He must have knew what I had planned the first round. He came at me with a fucking haymaker from the floor. And I thought I was going to catch him on the left side and come back. I had all plans on the right uppercut to the chin. And he came all the way around me and caught me right in the in the middle of the back. Right on my spine above my rear my ass, my ass, rear and bone. And I went numb from the way he sounded. I just couldn't feel it. I mean, it was so crude, just a like total... Haymaker punch with 300 pounds behind it, over 300 pounds he weighed. And he caught me. I went down on my knees, and the referee came over started counting. And I asked him, is he going to warn me he can't do that. He said, I can't do nothing. I lost the best part of my body in my head. I went up to George. I got up. I went right for him. I had him five, six good shots. The only mistake I did was back up. I should have kept on. I had him a couple good shots. I should have kept on him, just kept on punch until he dropped because... I wound him up. He got the mean look on his face. They said, No, oh, he came at me like a windmill. Mm-hmm. And all I know is there's no three knockdown rule in California. I hit the floor four times when they walked over to my corner and asked my corner man, a friend of mine, who didn't know anything about boxing, and what he wanted to do. And he was shaking like a leaf. He asked the guy who was helping put the stew in <laughs> between rounds from Foreman's Corner what he should do. And the guy out of town is shoulder and thought. And this guy Jacob can take a punch; he can hit too. I'm winning this right now while well, we got a chance. And one of George's guys threw the towel and on the ropes for my corner. And That's how the fight ended.
3: Wow that's that's quite that's quite a true story. True
0: story, true story, man.
3: And that that's that is that is quite a story. Of course, George Foreman becoming heavyweight champion of the world. Sucker, and Michael Moore in letting Michael Moore I think he keeps doing the same thing over and over again. Moore got comfortable and he got clipped. Isn't that the way it went?
0: I tell I brought brought on my Facebook. I put a boxing picture. I don't know if you know it's on Facebook page every day. I put I put Michael Moore on it today, and I said, "A great lightweight light heavyweight champion, but KO by George Ford.
3: Yeah, by I know. George Ford. I, I It was like I think some comedian. I think Chris Rock said, "What's he going to be famous for? Being knocked out by an old man?" Oh, that was a little rough. That was yeah. a little rough. Hey, but listen, Michael Moore. I hung around him when he was with Kronk and, and things like that. I knew a man who real well. He was a gun freak. He liked guns, man. And I don't like, right? I'm not around, I'm not a big gun guy. I'm an ex-cop. I don't like guns.
0: Uh, I think really, he had trouble, you know, Michael Moore's part in the, You know that, don't you, Pedro? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he don't know alcohol very well, I don't think.
3: <laughs> and Nor- he
0: got crazy a few times, got in some trouble, I or-
3: nor do a lot of us. Did you Did you get a chance to see that knockout of Dillian White about two weeks ago by um, Alexander Bovetkin?
0: I missed it. Was it that? Oh, check it, it out. Dave,
3: Dave, I want you to go to YouTube and look that one up. It's worth watching. It's really oh, well. worth watching. It's really worth watching. I mean, that was something. Um, heavy white, heavyweight fights coming up. Of course, there really isn't any heavyweight fights because of the fact the boxing is sort of in limbo right now.
0: Um, Boxing's really bad. You know, my buddy Mike Ross, my best friend, the boxing judge. You know Mike Ross. Yeah. He has been working hard at all, man. Boxing's kind of put on hold because of corona Hey,
3: watch the language, man. We're doing sorry, live sorry, radio,
0: Dave. Come on. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, oh,
3: Dave Jacobs, our guest. Coach, Dave Jacobs, the man that fought sorry, everybody. <laughs> so, of all the guys that you fought then, I mean, you fought Tyson, you fought Foreman... Um, any of these guys scare the snot out of you? I mean, were you ever, like, shaken?
0: No, I was never shaken, but, uh, I feel my new when I went in the ring. I was going to be in for a fight of my life, and, you know, I can't say my anxiety was, was the high, but I never got scared. I never got scared. I got two fists like like him, and I hit pretty hard if I have a good day. I can, like, Razor Ruddick, you know, I beat Razor. He didn't think he had a, a chance, and he underestimated he paid for it. And that's what happens.
4: That's right.
0: So Don't estimate you, Pedro. It benefits you, right?
3: Yeah, and you know what? People have been underestimating people like you and me their entire lives, and that's where they come up short. David Jaco,
0: what's the name of the book? Spontaneous Palooka and Mr. Mom.
3: Spontaneous Palooka. I'm gonna have to put a link up that on my Facebook page. Anyway, I wish I got you. got a b-
0: copy. I'll give you a copy, Pedro. All right. I wish
3: you the best. You and the family stay 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 healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk real soon. Okay.
0: All right, Pedro. Thanks a lot. You have a good day now.
3: The great Dave Jaco, folks, and what a personality he is. I mean, what a good, this is what boxing is. Boxing is not really all champions and in, in guys of glory and this and that. These are the, these are the ham and eggers. These are the guys that, you know, with the hammers in their hands that work 40 hours a week at another job. And then, of course, they box on the weekend or they train during the week or they get a fight here and there, and this and that. I mean, I didn't go into the money with Dave Jacob, but I'm sure he didn't get rich. Like he said, I never got a million-dollar payday, but he fought a lot of million-dollar fights. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network, iTunes, Stitcher.com, and, of course, our delayed broadcasts are always at Anchor.com, the Ring Talk Live Worldwide podcast channel. You are tuned to Ring Talk. Come
1: on!
3: if you
2: knew there was an energy shot that also helped you lose weight, would you try it? Real Ketone's Keto Energy Shots give you sustained energy without the sugar jitters or crash. That's why Keto Energy Shots constantly get five-star reviews. The secret is our patented all-natural ingredient DBHB. This powerful ingredient revs up your metabolism and turns your body into a fat burning machine in only minutes. Feel energized while shredding unwanted pounds. Pull into a CVS Now and look for Keto Energy Shots in the weight loss aisle. Or go to realketones dot com.
3: Went right there, rocked him. Okay. Sent to go. Fight. Domi, and Guida. Good shot
2: there right oh, head kick. Guida's pace is relentless. 45.
3: And again, with the head kick and the takedown. Maynard and Edgar putting on a show. Outstanding. Wow. Amazing that Frankie Edgar was able to recover on that at all. And he's, he's got Maynard.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro
3: Fernandez. Something new from the boys from across the bay. Tower of Power, East Bay, of course, Godfathers of Soul. Check them out, towerofpower.com. Emilio's got, I think, two new albums the last couple of years, and both of them rock pretty good. So check them out, towerofpower.com. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look at the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, coming to you live on ESPN tonight, the UFC's rock and roll with the former Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix Champion. I think that's what the title he held. Of course, he was a pretty bad dude in the Strike Force tournament. I'm talking about Alistair Overeem. Of course, had mixed success moving, moving over to the UFC, but... He was a guy that went from like a a skinny 205 pounder to like this bulking 260 pounder. And he did it like in the blink of an eye. I kid you not. So I've always thought that he was on Flintstone vitamins. And of course, then he failed that Flintstone vitamin test. Guys had over 50 fights. Uh, and of course, he's over like forty years old. So, Alistair Overeem against Augusto Sakai tonight in the main event. That's on ESPN Plus. So I'm talking about the app. Of course, Ovin St. Prue, a former challenger for John Jones. Of course, he has vacated the light heavyweight 205 pound championship. Taking on Alonso Menfield. Michael Pierra, uh taking on Zelim Imadev. And of course, there's, nah, there's no, there's all, take that back. There's one women's fight on the card. And of course women's all oh, women always rock when it comes to MMA and you gotta give it to them. It's not like a, a women's boxing match and people say to me, Oh, Pedro, how can you jog your own sport like you do? Well, women's boxing is sort of like it's it's terrible to watch. It's like, Good lord, I mean people like throwing Pillows at you because the gloves are too big. It's like it's like women playing with a a big basketball in the WNBA. They play with a smaller basketball. In in baseball, they use smaller bats because you know they have less upper body strength and that kind of good stuff. So why do you have the same size gloves in boxing? Male and female, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And the powers that be in boxing, and I've talked to a few of them. When I say don't put lighter gloves on girls, they just look at me like like I'm out of my mind, like I've smoked too much weed. I kid you not. And in the meantime, the sport just cl- continues to to falter. I mean, Clarissa Fe- Clarissa Shields, do you really want to see her fight? She's got one knockout, and like thirteen or fourteen wins. So people want to see exclamation marks. People want to see things happen. And, you know, women's MMA, it delivers, no doubt about that. I think, you know, started off with Ronda Rousey. I mean, Ronda was doing her thing, and Ronda became hot, and then she sort of opened the gate, opened the door for other women to come in and make some money. I don't know if anybody's making any money in the UFC as far as women are concerned that, that Ronda was making in her heyday. But the bottom line is, the UFC... Slave performers, I've told you that in the past, they have to work for eight to 12 cents, may, maybe 19 cents of the dollar. Now, according to Dana White, what I mean by that is for every dollar that the USC takes in, they only pay their fighters eight to 12 cents, maybe 18 to 19 cents uh, per a recent report. But the bottom line is they're uh, you know, vastly underpaid, and they're just hoes that are fighting. Basically, they are. They're hoes that are fighting. There's no other way to put that other than you're a hoe and you're fighting, because we, Dana tells you up on the phone and says, "You have to fight. It isn't like you know, you've got an option. He just calls you up and says you're going to fight this person. And even if it's a death match and it's probably going to be the end of the end of your career, you've got to take that match. And see, I'm not into that. I- I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, you want the best fight and the best, but you don't want to put death match after death match because I'll be saying it again because you knock, you don't give guys. Are women the ability and the time to build up a legacy? They can't build up their legacy, therefore they're not going to make any money. And Dana White will say, "Oh, everybody gets a shot at the pay per view." Yeah, right, Dana. Come on, man. And then he hands out these punk ass thirty or 40, these forty thousand uh, dollar bonuses afterwards, like he's God. This and that, man. I'm telling you. The world of MMA, I'm not saying that Dana hasn't done a lot for it. He's done a lot for the world of MMA, but I think he's, he's more of an anchor now. He's more of a detriment than he is a plus. That's just the way I look at it. Anyway, coming up on the uh, 12th, we've got a couple of chicks in the main event. When I say chicks, I don't mean that in a non-feminist point of view. I mean, I just, like, you know, I had a girl working for me a few years ago and uh, doing a website. And, of course, I called her the fight chick, and she was a, a feminist from Harvard University. I'm talking about Frances Martell. She was the editor of the Harvard Independent. She didn't take any offense in that chick thing. So if she doesn't take any offense in being called the fight chick, I can't take any, I don't feel that anybody else should take any offense in me saying chicks. Anyway, Michelle Watterson and Angela Hill going to be the main event the 12th of uh, September. Of course, coming to you from the USC Apex Center in Las Vegas, Nevada on ESPN. So that's a ch- female main event and they always rock. No doubt about that. Kobe Covington, Donald Trump's favorite fighter taking on the reluctant one. The former welterweight champion, Tyron Woodley. I mean, what happened in that last fight? I made mean, just sort of like pushed out, didn't throw a punch, didn't come to fight. Can I say against Kobe? Um, even Kobe may be a little limited he may be not be the greatest guy in the entire world in, in the world of the welterweights and all that but he comes in shape and he comes to fight and if Tyrone doesn't Tyrone doesn't pack his lunch fully guess what Kobe, Kobe will send him home a loser the co feature it has got a heavyweight match sorel Gandhi take it on Shamil Abdulrah yeah just something, something like that anyway women's strawweight battle on the cow Mackenzie Durham she can fight take it on random Marcos and of course these girls um always fight their hearts out they just they, you got to give it to them when's the last time you saw a women's mma fight that sucked you just don't you don't see it it's like it doesn't it doesn't take place i've never seen one that's been pathetic i've seen plenty of pathetic women's boxing matches and listen i'm a boxer i'm a retired boxer boxing is my forte it's what you know i won four golden glove championships this is this is in my blood i go and i see women doing it with these big fat gloves on i say to myself this is ugly this isn't good it isn't becoming of the women because it takes away from their skill. If they've got skill level and they can throw punches with leverage on it, you can't throw it with an eight or a ten ounce glove. You can't and be a female. You just can't do that. Anyway, some other UFC fights coming up this year. It looks like <laughs> uh, Brian Ortega is going to take on the Korean Zombie. Remember Brian Ortega? Of course, he was a guy that I thought was hated for superstardom. I mean, he was a kid from East L.A., beautiful face. I mean, oh man, just just like a Hollywood type of movie star. Then he got his ass whooped by Max Holloway. And when I say whooped, I mean like beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beat Can I keep going how much time do I have? I mean I can keep going on. That's how bad he got beat on. It was like it'll be come two years, I believe, this come December two years ago, uh, that Ortega was beat on. It was the most brutal beating I think I've seen in a long... mm, Yeah, maybe one of the top five brutal beatings of all time as far as MMA is concerned. I mean, it was that bad. Of course, he's got a record of 14-1. and He came in at 14-zip. and He hasn't fought since. And he's going to take on the Korean Zombie. I don't think this is a good fight for him. Uh, They put this fight together before. They wanted it to happen before. And I just don't... I really don't think that... How can I put this... It's not the fight for Brian Ortega to come back after a two-year layoff. It's just not. The Korean Zombie's hot right now. He can hit pretty hard, and you know you don't want to be in there with a guy that can hit really hard. You want to take a nice, easy fight to get back into things, or maybe not an easy fight, but a fight that will make you work. I don't. Know, it'll make you work, but you can't get killed doing so. And of course, the UFC in these death matches after death matches. I mean, the kid's got a beautiful face, or he did before that fight with Max Holloway, a pro since two thousand seven. Uh, 2010. Of course, at 17, man, he was a good, good athlete. No doubt about that. He was a boxer. And then people say to him, you know, we ought to try this MMA stuff. And of course, he went into the world of the MMA and the rest is history. Of course, I thought he would be the world 145-pound champion. And I still think he would be the world 145-pound champion had they stopped that fight after the second round. That's how beat up he was after the second round. And they kept letting it go and letting... Finally it was stopped. Finally it was stopped. I mean, I, I just couldn't... It was like... There was no sense in it. It's like you know this thing where, where the gladiators fought back in the days in, in the Roman Coliseum, where well, they fought to the death. Well, we don't need to see guys fight to the death. And I think the UFC is putting forth these fights that force guys to fight to the death in order to move on with death match after death match and like. I'm a fan of the UFC, per se. I mean, I'm not against guys fighting, but I'm not, I'm against guys getting brutalized, and I'm against guys being used, and that goes for women, too. And back to getting paid. There's no union, no representation. You do what Master Dana says, and guess what? Master Dana is it. You don't want to do what Master Dana says? You're not fighting. And what happens? He'll do it like he did with uh, Cristino Santos, or Chris Cyborg Santos, of course, the former women's World featherweight champion, undefeated for a long, long time. Mm. I think she lost her first pro fight. And then, of course, she got knocked out by Amanda Nunes real quick, quick style about a year and a half ago. Now, she had one fight left on her contract after the Nunes fight. And, and Dana White Condor had taken a fight that she won, right? Once the fight was won, Dana said, I'm cutting you from the UFC. I don't want to do any business with you anymore. The bottom line is he set her up, made her take that last fight. Instead of evoking that immediate rematch and getting the rematch with Nunes that she wanted, that she was clamoring for, that Dana said she didn't want, she got this fight with another girl. Of course, she beat her, but... For small change and the Nunez fight, the rematch is not going to happen probably. So that's a shame for Amanda Nunez and of course Chris Cyborg Santos as well. And of course, you know Dana's had his his thing with Cyborg. I thought she was on steroids. She finally got caught by the California State Athletic Commission a few years ago. But I think Dana White said that she was something like, "What did he call her? Call her Anderson Silva uh, and Anderson Silva on steroids or Anderson Silva in drag?" That's what it was Anderson Silva in drag. Speaking of a pioneer. Talking about Holly Holm, of course, October 4th, she's coming back. She's going back to Dubai, of course, going to do this on that fight island over there. But a woman, former World's Bantamweight champion. Talking about Holly Holm, 135 pounds. Beat up Ronda Rousey in that big upset. Of course, the biggest upset in MMA women's history, no doubt about that. When she smoked, she just smoked Ronda Rousey, went down to Australia, didn't have a chance. They didn't give her a prayer, and she licked Ronda like a stamp. I kid you not. Anyway, she's taking Irene Aldana, and that's going to go down, of course, in Dubai. That's October the 4th. The rest of the car they don't have together yet, but they are planning the rest of the year. Of course, the your Korean Zombie, of course, and Brian Ortega, October 18th. That's going to be from Dubai. Khabib Yee. <laughs> The world lightweight champion is a 155-pound title, yet he enters the octagon or the cage somewhere around 180 pounds. This is not fair. It's just not fair. But yet it just it's because he's Khabib. He lets it go. It's like, it's like people look the other way. I don't get this. Guys should not be able to gain that kind of weight. I mean, how am I going to beat a guy if I'm a welterweight? And I know, I'm going to tell you, moving up from junior welterweight to welterweight, I got spanked. And I could beat good welterweights, but I couldn't beat great welterweights. You know what I'm trying to tell you? The size differential, the body mass. It was just the fact that they were just a little bit bigger, hit just a little bit harder, took a better, a little bit better punch because they were a bigger person. I mean, it all boils down to size. I mean, size matters in two things. You know that. Pornography and combat sports. In combat sports, you shouldn't have to get into the octagon or the ring against a guy that's 25 or 30 pounds heavier than you. Now, listen, in a boxing match, you might be able to get away with it you might be able to pull it off in a boxing match because you can move around the guy in this one and not let his strength get involved. You know what I'm saying? offset his strength with speed, okay? But in an MMA fight, your guy gets you on the ground, he's laying on the ground, laying on the ground he's got 25 pounds more than you. He's 25 pounds heavier than you. What are you supposed to do? This is not fair. Anyway, bottom line is, Khabib wants to take on GSP. That looks like the big fight for 2021. It won't be in front of a live gate, but it will be... Take that back. It won't be in front of a live gate over here, but it might be in front of a live gate over there. I'm talking about uh, in Dubai. Anyway, October 25th, Khabib and Justin Gaith are going to go for the lightweight championship, but Khabib is talking about ending his career in 2021 against the one the only GSP, Georges St-Pierre, of course, the Canadian icon, former welterweight champion. Of course, the guy... I I didn't think he could beat Michael Bisping at middleweight. He beat Michael Bisping quite easily a couple of years ago. But now he's 40 years old. We've had him on the show in the past. We talk about coming back at the age of 40. He just doesn't really want to do it. But get this. I hear he's training every day. I mean, he's always been training. GSP is always training. But he's training like he's got a fight in store. So I think he's going to come back. again. He's going to take this challenge and come back and try to fight Khabib at 170 pounds. That will be in 2021, probably in June 2021, if they give this the right buildup. Will GSP have a tune-up fight? No tune-up fights in the UFC. That's the way it goes. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. Nunez's hands are down. And she's walking Ronda down. She t-
4: Plus broad spectrum, equal healthy, fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
2: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Yeah, you know, i just excited, uh, just excited to be back. I wish we could do a fight every night. You know me, Pedro.
3: The great late Nick Charles. Man, the CNN guy with all the hair. Became the Showtime guy. My buddy... Tech tweeted me like three days before he died talking about the fights he had watched. He watched, tweeted me on a Sunday. I think he died on like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. But he was tweeting me on the fights that he watched the night before. Still digging boxing all the way up to the end. Talking about Mr. CNN himself. Nick Charles. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, You're inside look in the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, we come to you each and every Saturday and Sunday. Saturday for an hour at 11 a.m. Pacific time, live right here on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network. I keep going and going and going. The same stations you're listening to right now, of course, have the Sunday show as well. Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, but Sunday show is two hours. Two hours, of course, on Sunday from 11 a.m. Pacific time or 2 p.m. Eastern time, and we feature the retired HBO Godfather every and every Sunday. God bless him. We're talking about Larry Merch, So straight up, the Godfather will be in the house tomorrow night, tomorrow day, no doubt about that. Want to congratulate Daniel Dubois, a winner last week, being a guy that was undefeated, but he couldn't lick a snap. He wet his tongue. Mr. Snyder's came in at 18-0. He left 18-1. Mr. Dubois, a pretty good fighter, as I said, Mr. Ramirez. Very, very disappointing for the WBC championship uh, and WBC and WBO championship. I think 140 pounds against Victor Postal. I was very, very disappointed. A majority decision winner. Very, very disappointing. in that. Tonight, of course, ESPN Plus has got it going on. The uh, WBO 130-pound championship. James Herring, 21 and 2, been stopped once. 10 K.O.s Second on Jonathan Nuquendo of Puerto Rico, of Uriqua. 31 and 6, been stopped a couple times. 19 K.O.s, of course. And you've got some other fights as well on television. Check out your TV guide. That's where it's happening. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live, worldwide. Check it. 35, make that 36. Get this. In a week, it'll be 37 years. The middle of September, we'll be celebrating 37 years of radio presence. What can I say other than... I want to thank my producer, the great Scott Cuddy, for without him, I don't think I'd still be here. But I am here, rocking and rolling, of course, in my 37th year. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Don't forget, our podcasts are always at Anchor.com. Ring Talk Live Worldwide at Anchor.com. The Sunday edition, 11 a.m. Pacific, time on these same channels. So next time, peace, love, and a ton of respect from the Sports Byline Broadcast Network.